0: Well, good morning, good morning. I know you mightn't expect to see someone else here today, but um, surprise, hopefully uh, change will be good for the moment, that is, all right? Well, um, you know what? I decided I want to start with the answer and then hopefully come full circle, if that's okay. And so, I'm um, first, to start with that answer, I kind of want to maybe share with you a little bit of what my last couple of weeks have been like. So, please, bear with me um and when i found out i was going to do this or when i kind of the spirit moved so to speak i was like okay well i got to prepare right i got to sit down i got to prepare so of course by the way i teach a bit and so um as a good student i figured okay this is what i need to do i need to sit down i got my table got it got it got it okay what am i going to need i mean absolutely this is like This is like sharing in church it's like i I gotta gotta put something together so of course it's like you always need i'm thinking your concordance right that was amazing the lord is with us what did i do i'm sorry yikes i've blown the system okay here we go so you know you always need your stuff to prepare so i had my good strong's concordance because you never know when you're going to need that right and then, of course, when you prepare for these things, well, of course, you need, you need a couple Bibles because, you know what, different versions, right? It says, you know, different nuances and stuff. So, of course, you got the Bible. And then, of course, well, you know what, sometimes you just need, you know, the big picture. I kind of like Henrietta Mir. She's a good picture kind of person. And so, and then, of course, I pulled out. And you know what? I'm sorry. I appreciate Ellen White. So, you know what? It's good to have her by because she seems to be spot on a lot of times. And then, of course, oh, and, of course, you can't forget the commentary, right? We got the commentary. Okay. And then, of course, I had to have my paper and, of course, my pen. You need a pen. You need a pencil. And if you need a colored pen, just add some flair and some flash. So, of course, I got everything together. I sat down, of course, in my comfy chair, And I said that little prayer, I said, Lord, fill me with your spirit, guide and direct my thoughts. Okay. So I sat and I sat, got my pencil all ready to go. I was thinking. Nothing. So I said it again. I said, Lord, please guide and direct my thoughts. Open up my heart, my mind to whatever it is that you would want me to write on this paper. By the way, just a little side note on that. God will answer, but not necessarily in the way you might expect. Just a little side note there, okay? So again, I sat there. I sat there, and I'm kind of getting fidgety because <laughs> this day is going to happen, right? This day is going to happen. So I sat there. Still nothing. This is like a spiritual flatline, all right? But then it came. It came, and what I heard was, get up. Get up. Get up. But I got all my stuff here, right? I got all my stuff. I'm ready to roll. I got my paper. I got my pencil. Get up. So I obeyed the voice, and I got up, and I kind of started to walk and move, which is really quite better for me because I'm kind of a fidgeter as it is. And by the way, that voice that I heard, it really wasn't audible. It was more like that thing inside that you know that you know that you need to get up. All right? So as I was walking around, I got that sense that well, it's that epiphany, that little light. I call it the spirit. And what it said to me is, Sharon, this is this is good. I appreciate all this. And, you know, this is really, this is important. And this define. you know, this has is, this is enriched your experience and this is, teaches you about everything and it's the academic part and great and wonderful. But you know what? I don't want necessarily that. I just want you to get up and share what the Spirit has been doing in your heart and in your mind since you become a Christian and also in this last year and a half. Because honestly, this thing right here has been about a year and a half coming. True to I didn't know about it, but it has. And so I got that distinct feeling that God said, you know what, don't worry about that. That's good stuff, but don't worry about it. I just want to use you the way you are. You don't need to be something. You don't need to create something. Just use what I've put in you. Okay, And so I got that distinct thing in my mind That said, this is what I need to say Lord, use me Lord, use me Is what, um, what, what I came up In fact, I n- realize this is my epiphany I realize this is my revelation um, But would you say that with me? Please say that with me and say, say it with me with a little energy and passion um, Say it with me now Lord, use me Yeah, that was the answer But of course, as I knew the answer Unfortunately, the good Lord I still had a blank piece of paper You know what I mean? Right? You know what I mean So I had this blank piece of paper And I thought, okay, well here it goes And it's so true to the Lord Because what does he do? He will give you the answer He kind of tells you He calms the storm But then what do you got to do? You got to row the boat to shore, right? You got to row that boat to shore so, this is, what, um, this is what I was inspired with. I don't know about you, but I've been blessed with the uh, going back and listening to the Sermon on the Mount. Pastor Milton has been a blessing. Is that true? Is Pastor Milton been a blessing? Can we say amen on that? Amen. All right, it has been a blessing. And I know that I've, as I have sat there, and don't get me wrong, I've read this before. I've read this before. But for some reason, there's something that has been kind of hitting me. Differently, And really what was different is that I realized that what Jesus is trying to do is he's trying to plant the spirit of the law in our hearts and in our minds. All right? He's trying to plant the kingdom of God in our hearts and in our minds. Okay? Now, why do I say that? Because if you think about the time, what's happening, you have... What's happening with the kind of the Jewish nation, so to speak? The religious leaders, the teachers of the law—where have they taken God? Okay, it's let's go even farther back. All right, Moses, Mount Sinai, Ten Commandments, right? The law. Well, the thing is, the Pharisees, over time, the religious leaders—they decided, you know, all of life can be contained within the law, the Ten Commandments. But they didn't. But They got the the idea that, you know what? It's too broad. Okay? We need to define each one of those ten commandments. And so when they started to define those ten commandments, what did we get? We got all these rules and regulations, thousands and thousands, to define how you become right with God. Right? What you can do on the Sabbath day. What makes you clean or unclean. All these things to the point... They focused on the law, but they forgot the lawgiver. Right? They forgot the lawgiver. So now religion came, God became a checkoff list. Right? If I do this, 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 I'm right with God. Well, Jesus comes on a scene in the Sermon on the Mount, and what does he do? He says, No. He goes, No. It's about planning the kingdom of God in our hearts and our minds. Hence the blessings. The Beatitudes that are shared. And as I began to think about it, I thought, oh, that's so true. Okay? He's planting the kingdom of God in our hearts. And when you think about it, in in Matthew uh, Matthew 5, 17, remember what Jesus says. He says, I did not come to abolish the law. I came to fulfill it. Right? I came to fulfill it. The Sermon on the Mount is a fulfillment of what the law was supposed to be. Okay, In Matthew 5.22, it talks about someone's asking Jesus, What is the greatest commandment? What is the greatest commandment? Love the Lord with all your heart, your soul, your mind. And what is the second greatest commandment? Love your neighbor as yourself. Simply put, love God, love others. Right? Love God, love others. He said all the law and the prophets... Hang on those two commandments. So as Jesus comes on the scene, he's saying, listen, this is really what the spirit of the law is about. This is what I want to plant in your hearts. Because the checkoff list, it doesn't transform. It does not transform. But see, here's the problem. Here's the problem is, you know what? It is a battle for our hearts. Right? We're living in a world that's battling for our hearts and our minds. We have God, right? God's kingdom says, be God centered. Satan, who wants your heart too, says what? Be self centered. Okay? We have God's kingdom that says, be humble, be meek. We have Satan's kingdom that says, "Eh, arrogance, pride. We have God's kingdom that says, be a peacemaker. We have Satan's kingdom that says, eh, stir it up, drama, right? We have God's kingdom that says, love your enemies. We have Satan's kingdom that says, what do they say? Take care of yourself, right? Look out for number one. Get them before they get you. We have God's kingdom that says, care for each other. We have Satan's kingdom that says, eh, just worry about yourself. Alright, so it is a battle going on, and God wants to plant the kingdom in our hearts and minds, and Satan wants to not plant it in our hearts and minds. Does that make sense? And this is a very real battle going on. Now, I will say this, and I feel compelled to say this, because of the reality of the situation, the kingdom of God is a process, right? It doesn't mean we should be sitting here going, oh, I've got, you know, I could, I mean, since he's been speaking, little lights have been going on with me saying, oh, I could work on that. Oh, I could work on that. Oh, I could work on that, right? I could see things a little bit differently. But that's not to condemn us. That's to say, oh, we need to work on it. We need to see God a little bit more, right? Okay? I don't know about you, but when I got baptized, and I got baptized right here, I know what what I wanted was I love Jesus, I I love your ways, and I want to follow you. But when I was put under the water, it wasn't Sharon going in version 2.0 and Sharon coming up version 3.0. I didn't get the automatic download, and I'm thinking you didn't either, right? You didn't get it. And so every day, what do we do? We just walk with God, we seek God, right? We desire to be more in rhythm with God and we're in more rhythm with God, then hopefully we what? We start to become more like kingdom people. But the reality is what? We'll be walking ahead. Oh yeah, I got it, God. No problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, right over here. I got to take care of it. That's me right here. I love walking before God. But then sometimes we walk behind God. Right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm right behind you. Ooh, that looks kind of good. Right? Ooh, that looks kind of good. And then sometimes we're a little bit far away and it gets a little less clear and faint to hear the rhythm. But hopefully we continue to see and then we get back to God's rhythm, right? God's rhythm is become, we become more like human people. But that is a process that takes time, right? It takes time. But I'll tell you, we have to remember that Satan's trying to. To keep us off rhythm, right? Satan's trying to keep us out of that good rhythm. And why? I had to ask myself, well, why, why, why? Because we know Satan is what? Right? I'm going to take a hit next week on that one. <laughs> That's okay, right? He, I know mean, you can say this differently, there's a loser, and then there's, you lost. Satan has lost. Period, the end, exclamation point. But all he's got on us is what? To turn us away from the kingdom of God. And you know why he turns us away from becoming kingdom people and wants to distract us? Why he wants our hearts to be what? Jaded, bitter, negative, discouraged, doubt, all that stuff? Because he knows that when, when, when people are kingdom people, there's power in that. And when I say power in that, I am not talking about power, self-centered power, power the Lord over people. I am talking about power, the power that comes from God to draw people to his message. Okay? Kingdom people will draw people. That's one thing. But I'll tell you what. When we get into the rhythm of God and we're in the rhythm, he also makes us, he enables us and strengthens us and, and, and helps us overcome the difficulties, the trials everything we face in life let's face it folks, there's not one person in here, okay, I'm a kid, maybe maybe that hasn't had difficulties but when we're kingdom people there's something inside of us that enables us to get through those things yeah see, when we're kingdom people we, become a, we, be, we overcome and we become victorious all right, there is power in that, and that power it can be seen by other people, and those other people are drawn to that power again. Not power us, it's the Spirit of God that is working in us that draws people to that, and that is powerful. So, Satan says, You know, I don't want that to happen. And here's another thing kingdom people make kingdom churches, or I like to think that, right. Kingdom people make kingdom churches. And when I'm talking about kingdom churches, kingdom churches are churches that accurately reflect the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen? Accurately reflect the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I'll tell you what. When people out there see that your church is accurately reflecting the gospel of Jesus Christ, people are drawn to it. They can't help but be drawn to it. You know why? You know why? Because our hearts are made for eternity, period. God is in us. And when people see, and I, you know what? I realize we can harden ourselves, and we can be out in the world and whatever, and we can get numb. But I'll tell you what. People know when they see kingdom people, and they know when they see kingdom churches. Because churches, it draws people in. And it's natural draw because it's embedded programming. It just is. All right? So there's power there, and the devil, Satan, knows it. And he says, you know, if I can get these people off track, guess what? The power's gone. The power's gone. So I began to think about churches, and I began to think power. I don't know, that's been on my mind. Power in churches and how that manifests itself. And so I began to think about, well, where do you find that power in the Bible? Where do we find it? Where do we see churches with kingdom people? And where do we see churches that are adding people, that are drawing people in? And so, of course, I thought about Acts. So if you would, please open your Bibles to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2. chapter 2. First of all, I'm going to give some background, okay? Uh, Again, it's a process. We might be all in different places. So, first of all, um, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, fifth book of uh, New Testament is Acts. Matthew, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John is simply the Gospels, right? We know this. It's simply Jesus' ministry here on earth. Jesus' ministry means what? That means he's teaching about the kingdom of God. That means he is teaching about kingdom people. And then also, he is... Fulfilling the plan of salvation, right? His death, tragic as it is, is the atonement for our sin makes us right with God. Okay? And so the problem is, is some people appreciated his message. Some people didn't appreciate his message. As a result of those who didn't appreciate his message, he was killed, right? He was crucified on the cross. That happened on Friday. Sabbath kind of laid low. Sunday resurrects. And for the next 40 days, he... Begins to show himself to his disciples and to various followers. Because if you think about it in the big picture, what's happening? Jesus, in physical, is stepping out. And now he's handing the baton to what? His followers. He's handing the baton to his followers and saying, listen, this is here. You're going to take the kingdom to the rest of the world. You're going to be sharing about kingdom people. You're going to be talking about me and how, if you believe in Jesus Christ, if you believe Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, then you can have eternal life. Then that is makes you right with God, right? And so he's preparing these, these, these um, followers for it. Well, it comes... And why I say this is because I want to put uh, in context of where we're at. Acts chapter 1... Okay, I have you in chapter 2, but Acts chapter 1 is where Jesus, after these 40, day, 40 days of appearing to his disciples, he gets taken up uh, to, to heaven. All right, But before he take, gets taken up to heaven, he says, hey, listen. He's talking to his disciples he says, hey, go to Jerusalem because you're going to get the gift that my Father has promised you. Father being God, right? You're going to get that gift, so go to Jerusalem, wait for it. And he says that gift which is the Holy Spirit, that's where the power is, right? That's where the power is. That is the power that helps us become kingdom people, right? So they stay in Jerusalem. They wait for this gift. And that's really where we are in Acts chapter 2. In Acts chapter 2, it starts, Acts chapter 2, it begins with them receiving the Holy Spirit. So we got his disciples, we got followers, we got everybody that's hanging around for waiting this to happen. And if you would, join me in verse 2. Join me in verse 2 if you would. I kind of like it. I like to read it because I think it's powerful. I'll read it here. It says, suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Other tongues meaning different languages. You see, there was people around in the vicinity that came from different lands that have different languages. All right? Well, all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit comes and touches them. And again, it's amazing what happens when the Holy Spirit touches someone, right? There's energy. There's power. There's passion. And so when this these disciples received the gift of the Holy Spirit, they began to speak in these different languages. And all these people who, who spoke those languages, oh my gosh, what, what is going on? They're proclaiming the wonders of God, and I can understand them, but they're really just Galileans, so how can they do this? Oh okay. okay. Some of them thought they had just a little bit too much party, party, drinky, drinky, right? But that wasn't the case. That wasn't the case. And join me in verse 14. Look at what Peter does. Okay, Under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. He goes on to explain that, you know what, it's not, we're not drinking. It's nine o'clock in the morning, we're not drinking. All right. This, and he begins to share his story. He begins to share his witness and testimony of Jesus. And what the Spirit has shown him. Point number one: Kingdom people. They share their witness and story. And I guess part of me is not necessarily. I know that sounds okay. Let's go out and preach, and let's go out and test. You know, right? Give our testimony to people. I don't mean that. I mean he is claiming the experience he had with Christ. Alright Those kids up here today Are you kidding me Are you kidding me They are experiencing God Right here right now Amen That's awesome Alright so now Peter filled with the spirit He stands up and he starts, he starts Talking about how that moment right there Is a fulfillment of some Old Testament Okay And not only that he begins to tell What happened to Jesus Isn't that really what it is? The Christian experience. The power that draws people is our experience. It's not the knowledge that we learn about necessarily in the book. It's about how Jesus is impacting you. And how the Spirit is working in you in your life. Right? Are we becoming more joyful? Right? Fruits of the Spirit. Galatians 5.22 Are we becoming more loving? Are we becoming more joyful? Are we becoming more patient? Um, you know, more peaceful, more gentle, more good, more self-controlled, more faithful. that is the witness, right? And really, essentially, and we 're talking about Peter here, just standing up and saying, "You know what, this is what I experienced." and that 's what we 're called to do. These kids are called to come up and just sing for the Lord, and that 's what we 're called to do, and there 's power when people begin to share their story. And that's what Peter's doing, sharing his story of what happened. And here's another thing. Remember, the Pharisees, right? The ones who made all those rules and regulations. Those guys were the best of the best. They were the super geniuses. They were the PhDs, right? But they missed the Spirit of God. They missed the Spirit of God. And so now, what does the Spirit do to this? This is awesome. This is wonderful. I lose my Bible for a couple days. I'm cranky. All right? But the thing is, what saves is the Spirit working in and through these? I love how Ellen White says it. She goes, the Spirit of God quickens our hearts and our minds. Right? It quickens our hearts and minds. And that's what happened. And unfortunately, the Pharisees didn't have the Spirit that quickened their hearts and minds. You know what PhD stands for? Oh, by the way, I'm not, I don't mean to offend any PhD. I admire and impressed. I couldn't do it. All right? You know what it is? It's pile it higher and deeper. That's what it stands for. I bet you didn't know that. Okay, you won't see that on a degree or a certificate. But you know what? That's essentially what the Pharisees did. They piled all those rules and regulations so high that the Spirit of God couldn't even get out. All right? Again, love the laws more than they love the lawgiver. So Peter stands up and he addresses the crowd. Again, there's power and energy when the Spirit enters us. If you'll join me, verse 38. Actually, verse 37, excuse me, verse 37. Acts chapter 2, verse 37 says, When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? And Peter replied, Repent and be baptized for every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will see the gift of the Holy Spirit. See, the gift of the Holy Spirit is for everybody. Everybody in this room is experiencing God in some way. Everyone in this room, the Spirit is doing something in your life right now. That is the testimony. That is the power. It's not somebody else's experience, right? It's what God is doing in our life right now. That is the testimony. That Jesus is worth worth calling. I mean, why are we here, right? We all have a story in here. And we all have a story that can draw people. Because God is doing something in our lives. Look at verse 39, if you will. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off. And for all whom the Lord our God will call. Pastor Milton's right. It's not for just this building. Right? You see, what happened to the Jewish people? They were supposed to be the Israelites. They were supposed to be what? They were supposed to share God with the rest of the world. Who God was. But they didn't. They got sidetracked. Because, you know what, I'll come back to this. Satan is wonderful, masterful at getting us distracted. Right? And the same thing as Christians. When we receive the Holy Spirit, what do we do? We're there to share it. We're there to reach out to people. Verse 40. With many other words, he warned them and he pleaded with them, Save, save yourself from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted the message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. 3,000 were added. That's what I'm talking about, power. Amen. I'm not talking. And you know what? I do not believe God trickles in people. I don't believe it. I don't believe God just trickles in one or two conversions. No. I believe in a more powerful God than that. I believe that God wants to... The, these doors open up, people want to come in. Because when people are kingdom people, and when we have kingdom churches, it draws people in. And Peter's an example of, you know what? Sharing your testimony. And again, sharing your testimony. I mean, being, experiencing God. You come through the doors, it's about experiencing God here. Not about just coming and then getting a little bit and going. It's about being together in a community which we experience God together. Verse 42. Verse 42, under the fellowship of believers, this is actually my featured verse, right? Okay, because my whole thing is what does a kingdom? What do kingdom people look like? And what does the kingdom uh, of God look like? Well, listen to this. 42, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. When I see uh, devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, what is that? The gospel of Jesus Christ, right? The gospel of Jesus Christ um, teaching us about being kingdom people, about being a kingdom church. There's also something else. I don't know about you, but I, I appreciate Adventism. I love Adventism. I love the fact that this was founded. We were founded on people who absolutely were passionate about, about the Word of God. Passionate about the Word of God. They allowed the Spirit to work in and through them and to inspire them. I love that. I love the fact that they were inspired to what? The health message. Folks, I'm an exercise scientist. I can tell you right now that all research-based evidence confirms that. Now, I realize there's a little funky stuff in there. I'm not talking about the funky stuff. I am talking about the beauty of the original message. Are you kidding me? That's God-inspired. That is God-inspired. The Sabbath day, I teach health classes. Right? I was talking about stress the other day. Are you kidding me? You know what I really want to say to my students? Sabbath! That's what I really want to say. Are you kidding me? What a beautiful concept. What a beautiful concept that we can come and we can worship God. We can come and we can fellowship. We can serve each other. You can rest if you want. This world sucks you dry, doesn't it? What a beautiful concept that God gave us. That is a beautiful, wonderful thing. All right? So again, I am passionate about that. I think that it's awesome. And to the fellowship to the breaking of bread into prayer. I can tell you right now, 13 years ago, um, I was in Alamosa, Colorado at the time. I was doing some graduate school. And uh, it was a difficult time. Difficult time, and I was seeking. It was kind of a straw that broke the camel's back. All right? So, I decided, I'm going to go to church while I was there. There was an Adventist church. I knew about the Adventist church because I did not grow up in the church, by the way. Um, I knew about the Adventist church because my parents had been baptized into it about eight years or so earlier. All right? So I knew of it. So I went into this church. Again, I'm feeling kind of miserable because of my situation, circumstances going on. And man, I'm telling you, these people were nice. They were inclusive. They were inviting. They were loving. I only, I only went a couple times, and that's what I, I concluded from that. They even invited me Okay, small community, outlined communities, people come from hours away, so they have potluck every week. They say, oh, come on, you know, come on down, have lunch with us. Who does that? That you don't even know anybody. That's powerful. And for people who never experience it on the outside here, that's usual for maybe people who grow up in the church. That's not usual for people out here. Not only that, there were some people my age, and they're like, oh hey, yeah, we're gonna go out to uh, I can't remember if it was falls or lake or something like that. Said, yeah, they're gonna get out in nature and just enjoy the afternoon. I am so sorry, I did not say yes. Who does that? That's powerful. Thirteen years later, folks, and I still remember that. I still remember that. I can't tell you how many times Hani and Ma, again, this is their gift, this is their calling, this is their blessing. They invite people over for lunch. Praise God for you. Because you, seriously, you drew me in. Do you know what I mean? Hospitality, just the people who they are. Absolutely. Fellowshipping. You know, oh. And prayer. I'm going to say this. I didn't ask permission, but Patty, listen. Three weeks ago, we were sitting together on the second row. And you know, after the sermon was done, you know what she did? She, she, bent over, she leaned over and she said, is there something I can pray for you about in the coming week? That made a difference. That totally makes a difference. Do you realize that every, you, all of you, you make a difference. You make a difference. Who you are, how the Spirit is working you, how the Spirit is working in your past and your present and will be working in your future. All of that makes a difference to people. That is powerful. I'm here because of those experiences. Thank you. Thank you. And I needed it that week. I'm telling you. Verse 43, everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. Okay? All the believers were together and had everything in common. When I see that, I see everyone had Jesus Christ in common. 45, selling their possessions and goods, they gave to anyone as he had need. Well, we're going to let Pastor we do that one someday. No. <laughs> Every day, uh, they continued to meet together in temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere, excuse me, sincere hearts. 47. Praising God, enjoying the favor of all the people. Kingdom people, kingdom churches have the power to draw people to themselves. That is the favor. Not because of something we do, but because of the power of God that's in us and working through us. There is no glory for ourselves, it's only glory for God. Amen? And listen to this at the end of 47, praising God, enjoying the favor of all people, and the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. Kingdom people, the Spirit of God working in and through us, right? And changing us. We become overcome and be victorious. And kingdom churches, churches that accurately reflect Jesus Christ. This is important, alright? When I sat down, this was all important and it was like, great, good. But you know what? God just wants to use us. He wants to use you. Wherever you're at, whatever spirit measure of a spirit that you have right now, it doesn't matter, it's a process, right? But He wants to use you. You don't need to be something. I don't need to be Miss Academic Superstar because you know what? That ain't going to happen anyway. He just needs to use your background, experience, exposures. That's what He wants. Whatever your calling, whatever your gift is, the power is in you sharing that. The power is in us experiencing God every time we come into this room. That is the power of God. But you know what we have to do? We have to say, Lord, use me. Amen? Amen? Say that with me now. Say it with passion and vigor, knowing that we are sons and daughters. Sons and daughters are the most high. Say it with me now. Lord, use me.